Smartcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Get Real with Dr. Ronay, Doctor of Clinical Psychology and Trauma Specialist. Dr. Ronay Calvert is Executive Director of Live Treatment Concierge Services. Live Treatment provides a unique wraparound approach of concierge services in person and virtually, specifically tailored to each client with a level of effectiveness that transcends any other program. In her daily experience of guiding clients to recovery and emotional freedom, Dr. Renee Calvert gets real to shed light on subjects that have remained in the shadows with courage and compassion. Joined by Bindi Height, international spiritual coach and mentor from Ethical Change Agency, with the mission to inspire change makers and holistic healers to create collective change to make the world a better place through the power of human connection, purpose, and podcasts. It's time to get real. Hey, Ronay. Hey, Bindi. Now, I want to talk to you about, am I crazy or just human? Are you depressed or just, air quotes, normal? Um, no doubt you have these kind of conversations all the time. And, um, you know, a lot of people think they are their diagnosis, but really... It's all about not letting that define you, right? Definitely. I think it's actually very damaging to define ourselves by our diagnosis. Um, Diagnoses are very, very helpful. They are, of course, to be given by a skilled mental health professional capable of making such diagnoses. Um, They're there to help us understand ourselves. They're there to help us understand that a series of symptoms means that we have a condition and if we know and we can name what that condition is and the symptoms that that condition is associated with, we have a much better idea of, you know, what we're, what we're managing and the approach that we need and and the human beings and healers that we need to help us manage those symptoms. Yeah. And when it it turns the other side and gets really ugly though, is when it becomes almost a death sentence Mm. instead of instead of a life process, um, where it actually becomes, this is who I am, not what I'm feeling now or felt in the past, or God forbid, may have feelings arise in the future. But this list of symptoms defines me, the person. Mm. And like anything, we change over time, we evolve as people. So when we're given a diagnosis, There are certain ones, yes, that may be lifelong. Psychiatric diagnoses such as schizophrenia, um, we know need to be managed. 
Schizophrenia with someone who is on the same medication that has not been changed or looked at or evaluated or has, or that is unmedicated or not being treated by the right mental health group of professionals looks entirely different than someone who suffers from that, those symptoms and they're well managed. You won't, you wouldn't even be able to tell that that person has that diagnosis in a lot of circumstances. And so things evolve, even diagnoses that are lifelong evolve. But then there are also ones that we've learned about, you know, show me a person during COVID Mm. that I've spoken to that hasn't thought I'm depressed or something wrong with me. Yeah. And when, when, you know, so what's the difference between sad and depressed? We have a reason Mm. to be sad. And, you know, as a doctor of psychology, of course, you know, the the diagnostic and statistical manual is our Bible. You know, it's what we go off of to be able to diagnose people by their symptoms. But a pet peeve of mine is one of those, you know, one of those guidelines indicates that there's only a certain amount of time that someone is in bereavement or loss or grief before we call it a major depressive episode or a major depressive disorder. Well, when you're looking at a time like now with COVID. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And bereavement and loss is a process that has continued to happen over and over again. Well, then I guess we all have major depression at this point, you know, as opposed to recognizing that sad is a human emotion Mm. that it is something that is being experienced by people all over and does not constitute a mental health issue what it constitutes is our ability to flex and flow with a with an extremely challenging and unknown set of dynamics that pull the rug out from under us and throw a loss in our lap every time we turn around. And to personalize that as saying that we have a mental illness is to really devalue the human experience Mm. of being sad about something that we ought to be sad about. If we were not sad about the losses we're experiencing, even the loss of just seeing people's faces and smiles Mm. from the nose down, We've lost half the faces, including our own, that we look at every day. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, who are we to call that major depression? Mm. And when people start thinking to themselves, what's wrong with me that I feel this way, that lets me know that we have a real problem with diagnoses versus definitions because a diagnosis of major depression is to indicate that someone has a mental health issue when in reality, this is an adaptive issue to a crisis that's going on internationally. 
Yeah. And I mean, in those situations, people can actually talk themselves into depression, can't they? Like, you know, when everything around you is, is, is basically going to shit um, and you're, you're then going to just go, oh, well, I'm just depressed and this is, this is my lot in life. Um, people can actually talk themselves into it. But, uh, you know, it's, these diagnoses are not things you need to own. They're not, they're things that you can overcome. Um, and I think that's a common misconception with long-term um, diagnoses, you know, like lifelong illnesses that we hold on to that we're told are not fixable. You would see that, no doubt, right? Definitely. Um, one of the diagnoses, you know, we can throw out there is that of alcoholic or addict. Mm. Um, you know, in the DSM, you know, we would call it polysubstance dependence or alcohol dependence. It sounds much um, better that way, can I just say? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but the thing is, you know, the thing is, you know, polysubstance dependence or alcohol dependence, that's a relationship that we have with a coping mechanism that also changes and evolves throughout mm. life. And our approaches to how we deal with that. And our approach is to how we determine whether or not we are an alcoholic or an addict or a problem drinker or a problem user at a certain point in our lives also requires a set of understanding about who we are and that, yes, there are people who can never touch a drop of alcohol in their entire lives again, period, end of story. Mm. Their biology, their everything about them indicates that, you know, one is is too many and a thousand will never be enough. Mm. Okay. There are others that came to be drinking and over drinking during times of loneliness, depression, sadness, they're going through divorce, loss, you name it. And they get through that time in life. And they're walked through that period in life with someone who actually says after a period of abstinence and really working through the work and the nitty gritty and getting down to it, when this is not used as a coping mechanism, do you still have alcohol dependence? Um, it's a question a lot of people are afraid to ask and talk about because they get locked inside of a box mm. that says what you were at one time is what you will always be. Mm. And I'm here to tell you that if I was at one time what I will always be, then I am my trauma, then I am my substance abuse, then I am my eating disorder. And fuck that. Because none of that is true. What I am is someone who's alive, lively, funny, happy, sad, um, processing emotion, growing, thriving, learning, yearning for new experiences, you know, happy, joyous, free, lonely. And I think the thing that you highlight is that, you know, we get this this again, another misconception that we have to be happy all the time. Like life's not like that. You know, there's a series of contrast in life, you know, like there's the good and the bad, there's the light and the dark. And without the sad, you don't have the happy, you know? So it doesn't mean being sad is bad. You know, it's all part of the human experience. It's all part of the human emotion and it's completely air quote normal. Um, so we need to give ourselves a chance to experience that because if we keep numbing that all the time, um, that's where we start to get problems. Or asking ourselves what's wrong with us, why we're sad. Yeah. Um, 
you know, what, what's wrong with me? Why I feel this way? This other person doesn't seem to be feeling this way. Well, you're not in that other person's head. You don't know what goes on in that other person's head, especially if you're just watching their Instagram account or their social media, where either everything looks like doom and gloom or everything looks like a party, um, depending on who's who you're watching and who you're tapping into. The idea of poll taking and holding our experience up to someone else's. Our experience is deeply personal and it's also very, very shared. This experience of COVID especially is a very shared experience. It's wrought with fear. It's wrought with anger. It's wrought with loneliness. Um, for others, they actually find it freeing. Uh, it gives them an opportunity to get some out of, out of some of life pressures. So let's say I'm talking to my best friend and they're talking to me about the idea that this is the first time they've actually been able to really experience self-care because they're not going into their job every day at which they were miserable. Wow, that's a very different experience than the one that I'm feeling. And so if I'm looking to that person and saying, my feelings should look like this, then I am doing myself the disservice of defining myself by what someone else's experience is. Mm. And that's not only unfair to me, but that actually holds me back from recognizing what my own experience is and how to give myself the self-care that I need to manage this experience. Yeah, and I think part of that is understanding yourself, right? You need to understand your triggers, um, you know, how mental illness comes about and your potential for that. Um, so really getting in touch with yourself and understanding who you are and, and you know, what sets you up for those kind of behaviours. It's so imperative. I speak to clients all the time. I'll speak about trauma in particular. Um People can convince themselves, and I see it all the time. In fact, you know, in a personal experience of mine, younger, in my younger years, this seemed like a very positive option for me as well. Um, the idea of defining how far you've come in your trauma healing is to place yourself in situations where you are face to face with your same triggers or your same perpetrator and define yourself and your strength by how well you are able to tolerate that exposure. Mm. Newsflash, that's actually re-traumatization. It's not acknowledging your own feelings and your own suffering. And like I tell my clients, you don't get any extra points because you white-knuckled and did something the hard way. The most important lesson that trauma can teach us is actually how to protect ourselves and not re-expose ourselves to trauma, either from the same person or same situation or those that mirror them. It doesn't make you weak to avoid traumatic situations. It means you've learned. You've learned how to love yourself and you've learned how to not put yourself in situations that are harmful to you. You don't get extra points in life because you suffered. Absolutely. You get extra points in life because you've learned how to love yourself. Mm. Yeah, there's no strength in suffering at all. It's actual weakness. Yeah. Mm. The decision the decision to stay in suffering and not find ways out. To, to actually align yourself with the perpetration, to align yourself with the shaming and to say, yeah, by definition of exposing myself to this again, I'm telling myself when it doesn't work out, because it, it won't, 
um, with those people haven't changed, which they very seldom do, um, and have shown no interest in changing or acknowledging your feelings or how, you know, what your needs are, you putting yourself in that situation again is really doing nothing but assuring that those shameful messages are reignited and you have to walk through your trauma again, which leaves you with the impression that you haven't changed. Mm. That's not so. What hasn't changed is them. But when you put yourself in that exact same situation, it is inevitable that you will experience the same feelings about yourself as you did then because you're reliving it. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So for those people that are finding themselves in this space, particularly um, in the resurgence of COVID, um, and they're thinking, I'm, I'm losing it, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit crazy, um, I, I feel like I'm depressed, what, what could you recommend they do? Well, first and foremost, drop the rock that you're hitting yourself over the head with. Um, you might even want to do it symbolically. Go and choose something that feels like a heavy, heavy object that you literally might define as the rock you've been beating yourself up over the head with. Something's wrong with me. I'm not handling the situation well enough. Um, everything around me sucks and it's because I don't know how to handle it well enough. And carry that heavy, heavy object around with you for a while until you decide that you're ready to drop it. I always say, though, that you can't let go of something unless you have something to replace it with. So instead of telling yourself how much you suck because you're feeling things, to actually acknowledge how wonderful it is that you can feel things and move through them, that that makes you human and that being human is a shared experience. When everything feels so lonely and isolated, one thing that you can know for sure is that all around the world, there are people who are sharing. They're not you and your experiences are not one and the same, but there is a shared experience that we are all going through of our lives being shaken up like a snow globe. And so the way we react to that, either by hitting ourselves over the head with a rock or by laying down rocks on the floor and using them as a pathway forward that we literally step on as stepping stones to where we want to get to go. Um, it's, you know, one of the, my favorite quotes, my favorite movie of all time, Shawshank Redemption, is get busy living or get busy dying. Mm. And in a world where you're hearing so much about death, fear of death, loss, the loss of intimacy, the loss of connection, I would invite you to connect with yourself in as many positive ways as you can. And in, in doing that, invite yourself to connect with others who bring positivity to your life. Um, because the best antidote to I'm alone and I'm sad and I'm worthless is to surround yourself. If you can't physically, then a voice, a phone call, sharing music, whatever connects you. The antidote to that isolation and sadness is connection. Yeah. And that's something that we've learned in the last year, that's for sure. Um, but I love I love that idea of uh, you know letting go of that that heavy weight because it can be quite cathartic. But also understanding that you have to replace it with something positive um, or something that that soothes you um, in a time like that. Um, 
and you know one of the things that you just uh, suggested um through covid is sharing music which is something you and i've done and it's something we do as part of this podcast so for this episode ronnie what is your song so my song for this episode, very appropriately uh, titled A Box by King's X. One of the lyrics that repeats throughout A Box by King's X is there is no room inside a box. And very appropriately, that, those lyrics represent not living inside a box of diagnoses, not living inside a box of having a diagnosis define where you are and where you're going. It's a list of symptoms. They're there to be managed and moved through. They're there to teach you about yourself so you can learn to treat yourself better, not hold yourself back. So there is no room inside a box and let's bust out of it. Yeah. And uh, appropriately, uh, my song is Human by The Killers. Are we human or are we dancers? Uh, Let's dance. Yeah, let's dance. And the, uh, so you'll find those songs on the playlist on Spotify. Just search for Get Real with Dr. Ron A. And the meditation for this episode is Accept Your Worthiness. You'll find that one on Insight Timer. Thanks for getting real with me, Dr. Ron A. Thanks for getting real with me, Bendy. Thank you for tuning in to Get Real with Dr. Ron A. If you've loved the show and would like to experience coaching with coaches like Dr. Ronay or Bindi through Live Treatment Concierge Services, visit livetreatmentvip.com. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the rock podcast, Back to the Arena, The Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric Acid. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, unapologetically fab get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it we're all about changing the narrative leaning into who you are and living a life by your own design join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success this is unapologetically fab an electric cast production see you there